the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, episode 188. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign. Please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery, all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. And that's not it. You can share our show on social media or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, on to the show. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. Oh, thanks for keeping me organized today. <laughs> <laughs> Reminding me that we needed to do an intro for this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you know, no one ever gives me those props, so... <laughs> I'm going to give them to you right now. <laughs> you deserve it. Oh, how is life treating you? Life is fine-ish, you know, I suppose. It's, um, uh, I don't know, every day looks similar. Hmm. At least inside the four walls of my house. Right. <laughs> which is where all the action seems to happen. <laughs> day to day, I'm working from home still, obviously. Kids yeah. are still schooling at home and husband is the only one that's that goes to a job um, outside of the house I have had some photo gigs lately so that's been nice that gets Mm. me out um but yeah besides that going to the grocery store um you know checking in with some reliable news sources yeah every other hour that's what I'm doing (laughs) Yeah. No, it's interesting that um, the pandemic has um, definitely, obviously not a good thing, but these byproducts that have been coming out of it, the forced, uh, the forced time at home or not going out and about, not having to make all kinds of appointments, not having to make travel plans, um, bummer, total bummer in one aspect. But this other part is like, I've really got to be home with myself. I've got to be home with my kid while he's mm-hmm. doing school, having lunch with him. Like, I think I've talked about this before. Um, today, I'm going to take a hot tub in between Zoom calls. Like I'm, I'm excited yeah. to just be home and kind of ground into my home, especially because Sandra, I'm going to be moving next year out of my family home, right? Mm-hmm. My divorce becomes final in March and I'm going to be making a move. And so I'm trying to just like soak up all of the goodness that is um, at my house right now. Oh yeah. 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 I didn't think about that. That's, that's yeah. yeah. Just timing is yeah. 
Yeah. It's out of our control sometimes, but what, how we perceive it is in our control. So, yeah. Yeah. So just still doing my practices. I'm writing this course that's going to launch at the very end of the year, which I'm super excited about. I know you just oh, launched good. your course and yeah. it's like been a time of fertility, you know, things are being made. And at the beginning of this pandemic, I worried like, will I ever work or make any money, uh, again, <laughs> you know, with my creative work and, um, I have. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's been, it's definitely been a fertile time for me for creativity and productivity, because like you said, yeah, I'm just, there's not as many options to distract me. So yeah, um, I'm making good use of my time and yeah. Napping when appropriate. (laughs) I don't nap, but you know, I I do do. very good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I've been making my bed every day. I know that in our Facebook group, some ladies are following the cue. That's such an important thing for me now, Sandra. And you'd mentioned it so long ago, and I'm really glad I'm a slow adopter. Um, and that I finally got with the program because it's really, it does something to me in the morning. That's very, um, yeah, that kind of ritual of making the bed is, is a good uh, jumping off point for mm. the day. Mm-hmm. for sure. And, um, yeah. And so I'm working hard on that stuff. So all that's going to be coming out slowly and soon. Um, uh, I'm just building it right now. So I'm, I'm kind of excited Wonderful. and I'm doing a bunch of coaching too, with ladies that are just amazing. And it's so cool to work as you know, with women mm-hmm. and just, and women in recovery to boot, it's just like the icing on the cake and how strong and how beautiful they are. So, um, all my stuff can be found on my website. I'm just doing a little promo here, tammysalas.com before I forget. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, Yeah. I was just having this conversation with a client yesterday that, yeah, when you open up social media, it seems like there's lots of courses being offered and there has been throughout the pandemic. And I love that people are taking advantage of, you know, offering their work online because that's the only way we can connect. Um, uh, but there's also, um, you know, there's, been some evidence of course fatigue, or it just seems like there's a lot of, you know, things being offered. And I was telling my my client yesterday, yeah, the the part of me just wants to like not participate, but then again, I love this work, so I can't not do it. So it's, that's, that is what it is. Um, but, and that being said, I too can, um, take two clients actually if you want to get started on something through change your story um before we hit the end of the year uh if you want to um i don't know maybe get started on a creative project that you've been putting off or maybe there's something that you want to solidify in your sobriety um and your recovery Uh, i'd love to help you with that and you can just go to the unruffle.com and click the button work with me and there's a couple options there Awesome. Well, I'm very excited for our guest today, Sandra. Long, long overdue of having Mr. Pete White on our show. Yes, so excited too. If you don't know Pete White, um, I'll tell you a little bit about him and I bet you um, this will ring a bell. Um, In September of 2015, after a bitter rock bottom, the dissolution of his marriage and a near suicide attempt, Pete began to unearth a life on purpose in the reins of alcoholism, codependency, and divorce. Since then, he's gotten sober, quit smoking, and become an outspoken advocate for addiction recovery as at Pete. 
on dot repeat on Instagram. His poignant, comical, no sense, no nonsense approach has helped hundreds of people get and stay sober and navigate through the rocky waters of divorce and co-parenting. He's currently working on penning his memoir. Yeah. And you can find him on Instagram, like Sandra said, at pete.on.repeat blog of the same name, peteonrepeat.com. And he's also the ambassador for the co-parenting collective. Um, and we didn't get to ask him about that. I'm so bummed about that, but he has a wonderful co-parenting relationship with his ex. And you can follow that on Instagram at the co-parenting collective. Um, all right. We'll let you guys get to it and enjoy Pete. Yeah, enjoy it. Well, welcome to the show, Pete. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Oh, we were just chatting a little bit before the show. And um, Pete, you are the only man, only man that's ever been in our all females, um, female identifying secret Facebook group. Absolutely. Yes, it was a short lived, uh, short lived <laughs> period of time. Right. Yes, I, it was a short did, journey through. I did breach the, the gate. <laughs> How did that, so how long, that was like right when we started the podcast. It must've been what, three and a half years ago or something like that, Sandra. You, oh yeah. You, you, had to, we, you had to politely ask Pete to go, right? And he was so gracious. Right. So we, yeah, we had this kind of slow dawning after we sort of set up shop on Facebook. Um, and I, I have no idea how many members we had gotten to at that point, but we had a, Tammy and I had a conversation and, um, we decided, yeah, you know, we've got the one guy, but maybe we should just be all, you know, we needed to like call it at that point. Should we let more guys in? Not that they were clamoring to come in to the group <laughs> or anything. And poor Pete hadn't said, a, I don't even think you'd made a post or anything. You were just like, I don't know. I'm just here. But <laughs> well, yeah, I was, I was going to say, I don't recall there being any sort of disclaimer. I, I was just, no. uh, right. Right. Yeah. As I was telling Tammy before we got on here, it was, um, I was just clamoring for any sort of uh, feelings of connectedness at that point. So I, you know, I probably saw it and it was like, yes, please sure. make me part of your team for sure. But uh, sure. yeah, but I yeah, mean, the, my departure for was, was graceful. Like, I mean, I didn't put up any sort of fight or anything. And <laughs> No, absolutely not. I think I direct messaged you and was like, Hey, you know what? We just decided to go with chicks. For and, group. <laughs> and you did a wonderful job. I didn't feel slighted whatsoever. So, <laughs> well, good. Well, and I have to say that you let me sit next to you and your, um, at the time, your girlfriend at the time, uh, at Laura McCowan's book signing. Yes, indeed. Um, in Austin. So I figured that you were not holding any grudges at that yeah, point. Yeah. All of the, all of the voodoo dolls in <laughs> FAD had been thrown out. So yeah, we were, we were good at that point. <laughs> Oh, good. No one will think we're man haters. That's great. No, we love men. So yes. yeah. <laughs> they're all right. <laughs> oh, well, it's been like long overdue to have you on the podcast. We've been talking about it for forever. You've been on our list for forever. So it's like, you the really fact have. That, yeah. The oh, fact, that's that, well, the fact that you're that. here is wonderful. When Sandra saw you in Austin, she was, I was like, we should have Pete on. She's like, I just sat next to him. And no, then it still perfect. took all this time. That's when we could sit next to people at book signings. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. was when we could yeah, go wow. to book signings and sit next to people and give hugs. And... What a different world. Yeah. I know. 
Well, I we start this off usually with a little awkward small talk so that we can practice a little bit. So Pete, Certainly. how's the weather and where are you calling in from today? I'm, I'm actually, I'm calling uh, from Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, acro- I'm across the river from uh, Detroit, Michigan. So um, close proximity to the US. Uh, I'm in the southernmost vicinity of Canada and it's, uh, it's actually unseasonably warm today here. So uh, we work in Celsius, so it's about 10 degrees Celsius, which I think is about 58, 59 degrees. So not so bad. Not so bad for Canada. Not yes. California or Texas, but it's... it's <laughs> yeah, thanks for doing it's the math. It's not snowy. It's not it's warm. snowing today. No, no, not today. No, uh, actually, uh, we, I, was, I, I was up north uh, camping last week, and uh, we had some 60 to 70 degree weather, so it was beautiful. Yeah, it's unseasonably warm, so... Something's happening good here at the moment. The climate change, I guess, is working for us right. at the moment. Yes, yes, yes. Global warming is favorite <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the bright side of things. That's a really absolutely. Good <laughs> well, yeah, I'm happy to you know, and with all due respect, I'm happy to be on this side of the river right now. Actually, you know, as to to what's going yeah. on with uh, you folks over there at the moment. So. I've been, uh, I've been yeah, seeing yeah. lot. I've been seeing lots of memes about you know if you have your uh, what is it your Canadian support friend <laughs> like we'll assign one to you if you don't have one like I I definitely have my Canadian your friend. support Canadian <laughs> yeah yeah I had about 120 people on Instagram uh, call dibs on me so <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> yeah. you're spread a little thin yeah already, yeah. Aren't you? yeah. <laughs> oh. but you guys need it for sure <laughs> yes yeah. we do. Yes, we do. We needed it really big time last week. So that was, yeah, yeah, it was a little harrowing. Actually, it's been really nice to see just the the nice words from our fellow Canadians that I've noticed on social media. So for sure, yeah, comforting for sure. I guess there's this sort of common misconception that, you know, the rest of the world is sort of laughing and uh, we're, we're not, we're, we're praying. Uh, We, we hope the best for, uh, for you guys down there for sure. Us too. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. We just need a little peace of mind, really, is what for we certain. need here. <laughs> Hopefully, in the so coming we'll weeks, you'll it. see that for sure. Yeah. Well, Pete, we're going to start how we normally start with our guests, and um, we're going to meander through your story. It's just kind of an organic conversation that we have. And um, we would just love to know how you came to the decision to quit drinking. Um, sure. So that our listeners can gain some knowledge and know a little bit more about you and your story because I think it's very powerful. Well, thank you. I, it's, I've always been pretty forthright about it. Um, I uh, I've just actually rounded my fifth year of sobriety in September, so I had wow. my anniversary. Awesome. Um, uh, however, the, the I guess the beginning, the origin story isn't necessarily one of those sort of unicorn uh, type uh, people that were able to sort of make the decision on their own to get sober. I had a pretty uh, pretty hard and bitter rock bottom um, in September of 2015. Uh, I came home on a Thursday, and my ex-wife, uh, my wife at the time, had her bags packed with my son uh, ready to leave. So mm. um, my marriage ended because of my drinking, um, and uh, obviously uh, had to take a hard look at myself at that moment and that you know that period of my life to determine uh what what the next course of action I was going to take you know uh, I was very uh very determined to either get better or you know kill myself so um after you know a, a night long sort of uh night night uh, sort of in anguish I, I determined that uh, I was going to carry forward with my life and and the first thing I had to do obviously was uh get rid get rid of the drinking in my life so 
Um, that, that came after about, I had a, a love affair with alcohol that spanned about 18 years. So um, near the end, uh, it was day drinking. It was morning drinking. It was um, quite literally the evening that I walked in uh, and she left. I, I had uh, two 13 ounce bottles of uh, rum in each one of my socks because mm. I had, um, started um, started hiding drinking, obviously, because, you know, we think, you know, that we're good at hiding, but we're not at all. But uh, no, right. So, uh, but yeah, so I mean, my the beginning of my sobriety, the beginning of my life, as I like to call it, uh, came out of hardship. But I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I've said this countless times, it was my worst day. And over time, I've determined that it's my best day because it was the day that I sort of uh, gave me a shake enough to get uh, my life moving in the proper direction. Mm. Oh, yeah. Super depressing, eh? <laughs> right. But but you still, like you, some things were falling apart, obviously, relationships, oh. but then you still went to your job every day. Is that right? Or Oh, for sure. I was uh, highly functional. Um, uh, just... Uh, I mean, in retrospect, obviously, as we all know, it's uh, how much energy and time and planning it takes to be a functional alcoholic. Um, my whole life was consumed by alcoholism. But I mean, the fact remains is I continue to to be a decent father, a decent worker, um, not so much a decent husband. But um, I mean, all in all, um, from the outside looking in, uh, I functioned. I, I did the things around the house that I was supposed to, you know, made dinner, mowed the lawn and and, uh, you know, PTA member, all that fun stuff. Um, but, you know, um, as soon as the lights went out at night, uh, I started to meander down dark path. And um, I guess it's a common story, but uh, yeah. it is what it is now, you know. How, how old was your son at the time? And how long had you been married um, when that happened, when your rock bottom moment happened? Um, we were just about to celebrate, or we, I'm sorry, we just had celebrated 10 years anniversary. Mm -hmm. uh, my son would have been four at the time, four-ish, three-ish, mm -hmm. four, four, five. Wow. Uh, how old is he now? 12. Um, yeah, about six or seven at the time, actually. Okay. And um, yeah, for, I mean, uh, for having conversations with him now, he's 12 now. So we're able to have, um, you know, sort of, I guess, more adult conversations about it. And I mean, that's one thing I sort of uh, stick to as well as I'm very open to him about it. I, you know, because um, it runs in the family. And I just, you know, want to make sure that he's equipped with the knowledge he needs to, uh, you know, going forward to hopefully uh, avoid, you know, what I had to endure. But um, as we do talk about it, you know, his, his memories aren't, you know, tarnished in any way shape or form that he can you know articulate at the moment so you know i keep an eye on that but uh we're very open about it mm, um yeah. but uh yeah so he was young at the time um but about the entire time uh you know since i began my recovery path we've been very open and honest about uh about alcoholism and addiction in general so can so can i ask had you ever tried quitting or stopping before um prior to oh countless times countless. um um and, and i mean it was always it was always that sort of um it was never upon my own volition it was always you know the people people creeping in and saying you know you might want to consider cutting back or or you know my ex-wife obviously you know she had concerns and she would share that with me and but you know i was in the frame of mind that i knew better than everyone else and right. um and 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 my excuse behind it all was yeah i'm still going to work i'm still bringing money home i'm still you know i'm i'm a, I'm a good 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 houseman or uh, you know i'm a good uh, husband so um nothing to see here. yeah 
<laughs> nothing to say. Exactly. Right. Just exactly. let me do my thing. I'm, I'm yeah. holding up all my obligations. Just let me. Yeah. Have I, yeah. Meanwhile, you know, hiding booze in the floorboards. But, right. And yeah. was it the kind of thing, you know, where you would wake up maybe particularly hungover and say, oh, I'm never drinking again, but then you really didn't like seek help or, yes, or did right. you? No, no. And, and and you mentioned, you know, not waking up hungover. I justified uh, my drinking because I woke up not hungover having, you know, in, in retrospect now, I, I mean, I was hungover and just, I just had chalked it up to being older, maturing, getting, you know, you know, um, aches and pains and those type of things. I just chalked it up to my age and hadn't realized that it was, it was the booze that was, you know, destroying me, but uh, right. no, 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 <laughs> nor, no formalized help by any means. It was just quite literally somebody would hold me to the fire and I would, you know, um, begrudgingly uh, quit drinking for, you know, two, three, four days or, and yeah. And then it's a know, long time fall. when you're drinking, yeah. <laughs> the way we're drinking. Yeah, it sure is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well then when you, so when you, when your wife and wife left with your child what did you do then um it was it was it's an interesting story that that evening is sort of um uh i mean i drank and drank and drank and drank the evening that she left i mean i think i went through a 60 ounce bottle of rum that evening mm -hmm. and uh i was i was determined like i said to either I, I was planning on killing myself that night and i mean i just couldn't contend with the 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 raw emotion and pain that I was dealing with. And then, you know, at the same time, having to consider that in order to, to get through or actually maintain life, I'd have to quit the one thing that felt like it was keeping me alive. So um, that evening, I, uh, like I said, drank myself to sleep. And uh, the next morning, um, a knock came at the door. And I, I thought it was, I thought it was, um, I thought it was my ex-wife. So I, you know, ran to the door, still hungover, drunk, half drunk, obviously. And it was actually a, a delegate from a local municipal uh, politics that was looking for my vote. She just wanted to talk for a few minutes. And uh, she could see that I was uh, uh, very much in, you know, in, in struggling at the moment. And she asked me if I was okay. And I said no. And I started to cry in front of her at my door. Oh, my. And um, she, she, without hesitation just grabbed me in her arms and said it's going to be okay wow. and um uh, obviously she got my vote <laughs> but uh <laughs> but she she sat and talked to me for a little bit and um just sort of i don't know solidified some sort of hope and humanity for me at that moment and as i turned back into the house uh i uh, knocked some papers over on the ground that were on you know a table near the door and uh the first thing that you know came to the top of the stack was a, a picture of my son and I, that he had drawn him of us holding hands. Mm. And you know, at that at that moment, I just sort of fell to my knees and uh, prayed to a God I didn't uh, necessarily believe in yet. And uh, the rest is history, I suppose. Um, mm. uh, I, I was fortunate enough. I'm fortunate enough to work for a company that had wonderful medical medical benefits. So. Um, one of the next things that I did uh, was uh, contact, I guess, our benefits department to see if there's any sort of, uh, you know, help that I could entreat. And um, within a few days, they had lined me up with uh, personal one-on-one -on -one counseling and uh, uh, for the for the function of, you know, helping with my drinking, but also, you know, maybe potentially reconciling my marriage. And um, obviously, those did a, a world of good in terms of uh, the drinking aspect, but. Uh, the further I moved away from, the further I, you know, removed myself from the idea of reconciliation, the more I realized that um, 
uh, not necessarily, my marriage was never a reason that I drank, but it was definitely uh, an additive to, you know, some of the stresses in my life. So the further I moved away from that, the further I moved away from the idea of reconciliation, I suppose. But yeah, I was able to get the help that I needed. And it sounds mm-hmm. like you, um, yeah, once you get that idea, in your, like I'm going through a divorce right now, Pete, and okay. um, the idea that it wasn't the problem, it's not why I drank, but like no. you just saying that it was an additive to it, like, yeah, there's, there's something wasn't right. And so I'm numbing out um, exactly on a nightly sure. basis, you know, to a degree that I'm blacking out every night. That's not... I don't know that I want to reconcile that, you know, like, no, no, for something certain deeper I... to work on for sure. And that's like a gateway into maybe you're working on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was pretty afraid to do that too. I didn't want to be alone with myself. Um, I mean, I was when I was drinking, but I kind of added friends and added other things and functions. And I was the PTA president and I was doing all these things to kind of make me feel worthy um, and cover it all up. But once you kind of strip it all down and you take alcohol away, um, yeah. right. You can't see all of that. Right. It, you can't see the complexities of all of that until you get sober though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it took no therapy, no therapy in the world. That's going to kind of fix that. Or right? if you lie to your therapist, like I used to, <laughs> <laughs> which I think that that's right. I think, yeah, either you're lying by, not a, right. Lying by omission or, or just yeah. outright lying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I ask if, and you don't have to answer if it's uncomfortable, but can I ask if your wife, did she ever go to Al-Anon or do any of those things? No, she had, she had never really, um, she'd never really entreated any sort of assistance, uh, regarding Mm -hmm. uh, my drinking. No. Um, uh, I mean, it, she, we, we actually now have a very solid relationship. Mm, um, the fact that we've had to co-parent our child together has built a, you know, the framework for a relationship. Whereas, you know, I've been able to have conversations with her to, you know, to make amends in a sense and say, listen, listen, I realize, you know, I, I know who I was and, and I'm not that person anymore. And, you know, as this new person, I'd really, you know, like to apologize for, for the years of damage. And it, and it's just, I mean, it's shitty and it's hard to, it's hard to own it. It, Mm -hmm. It's hard to own it. But ultimately at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's, it's my responsibility. It it was my, it was Mm -hmm. my life and, and, and my life and the way I lived it impacted people around me that I cared about and it hurts. Mm -hmm. And people, you know, often question me like, well, how, how can you be so honest about it? And the the point is, is I'm not, it's the only way. And as everyone knows, it's the only way to move forward is to, to own it. And, um, I'm not, I'm not uh, proud of who I was. Um, and that's why the recovery recovery has become so important to me because I am incredibly proud of who I've become. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just, I was thinking just on the lines of codependence and, um, for me, I, as I was getting sober, Pete, like I've, I've five years of sobriety before we decided to call our marriage and five years of becoming a different person really, you know? And I was thinking like, I used to always want my husband to go to Al-Anon. I thought that was some kind of signifier that he cared enough. You know, he never thought I was an alcoholic, um, never asked me to stop drinking. Um, and so then I thought, well, he doesn't love me enough. He doesn't, uh, you know, clearly he's not so much about what was in the other lane, right? I wasn't staying in mine. And so yep. finally at the end, I was really like, it doesn't matter if he goes to Al-Anon. That does not a signifier that he loves me enough. He doesn't want to go to Al-Anon. He doesn't want to be married to a woman who 
he doesn't want to be married to me. So um, I kind of like myself now. I, I, not kind of, I love myself now, but um, it became less and less about the other person. So I was just curious if that was any part of that, because codependence for me is I was going to, I was going to be the best version of me, damn it. And I was going to show him and I was going to like, can't you love me now? So codependent. So actually, well, well, I just, I wrote about that recently because I sort of had this like realization recently that uh, I had been so, when I got sober, part of it was revenge driven. And I mean, I've been very open about that uh, through the the entire thing as well as I, I I got sober, uh, you know, to, to, to show her that I could do it and to show Mm -hmm. everyone around me that I could do it. And it was a matter of look at me. I got sober. I'm losing weight. I'm getting pectorals. Like I'm <laughs> like, I'm, li- I'm living my life now, but check it, me it was, out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. It was so much rooted in revenge. And, you know, I wrote recently about this, uh, this sort of concept of like, well, she didn't give a shit. Why would she give a shit? Like, I just, I just, I just, you know, ruined part of her life um, yeah. from the way I treated her. Like there's, there, there was no, no reason to go after me any longer. So, um, but it's funny how we do sort of put our fate or our, I guess, um, yeah, we put our fate in other people's hands and it was yeah. just, uh, it, it was, I don't know. It's, it's funny how you, you, you know, it's, you'll do anything that you possibly can to point the finger elsewhere. Right. When I stopped doing that though, Pete, I had such a peace and I was like, yeah. oh, I don't have to get the approval. I don't need him to go do something to prove something. Actually, I just get to keep walking this way and, awesome. um, and dealing with it. So I, I understand. And I just, um, it's gotta be real hard to be married to a person that has a drinking problem. I mean, it just has to be, and that's their own stuff to deal with now, um, for good, bad or whatever. For know. certain. Yeah. 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 I mean, and you know, in regards to my relationship, I'm, you know, still married to the person I was married to when I was drinking part of the way, but, um, it was about rebuilding trust mm-hmm. and, um, that, that was, uh, you know, so it didn't really matter if I lost weight, you know, like whatever my physical appearance was or anything, you know, wasn't, um, important at all. It was it was more about rebuilding trust. And, you know, that's really important too, when you share a child, mm-hmm. um, the, your ex-partner has to trust you again. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. And the living amends, I mean, since we all have um, children, like it, the living amends I get to make to my son, my son's 17 now, and I stopped drinking when he was 11. So the fact that I get to get up this morning with him, hangover free, send him off to, he's going surfing, making sure, you know, he has hot water and tea. And that would have never been me <laughs> when I was drinking. Yeah. That wouldn't have been my job. Nope. Not my job. And to live those amends to your son now, I'm sure it's pretty freaking amazing. Oh, you know, it's same thing, actually same example this morning up, uh, up at six 30 AM, got him already uh, peanut butter and toast lunch is made out the door. And, you know, uh, it's just, is so dramatically different than the life that I uh, lived or we used to live. And uh, it, it is, it feels, it feels phenomenal to be, you know, the father that I always thought that I was. Mm. And, yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. Well, Pete, <clears throat> I'm so curious, and I've always been curious about this or anyone that does this actually, what compelled you to be so transparent with your story on social media? Uh it was ultimately it was the shame uh it was the only way that i could to figure out how to combat the shame 
I guess the most humiliating thing that I felt in my life ever was the, the notion that I was not good enough for someone. I am, you know, when my ex-wife left me, it was the feeling of, um, I've, I've destroyed my marriage. I have friends and family who are going to see that I've destroyed my marriage. Um, my drinking, although I thought I did do a good job, job of hiding it, it was not any secret that I was a heavy drinker. Um, so they know that she left me because of my drinking or the one of the primary reasons was my drinking. So there was just so much shame and embarrassment that the only way that I could figure out how to to move forward was to expose it all. Um, and that way I owned it. At that moment, the shame, you know, I could, it was, it was entirely mine to own and it was my story to own. Um, and, and in any sort of, I guess, situation where there's, you know, a spouse that leaves another one because of, you know, an addiction, et cetera, I was immediately, regardless, regardless of the story, I was immediately vilified. So the, mm. the only way that I could own my story was to tell my story. Mm. And I figured that it was such, such a shitty end to my marriage that it was one thing that I could do to potentially put something good out into the world. And it was, it was I felt if I didn't tell my story, then it would be wasted. Mm. So um, I remember the first Facebook I posted, you know, well, I, and that's the, I mean, there's a, there's a fine line between, you know, uh, telling your story and airing dirty laundry as well. So I've always been very respectful of my ex-wife in terms of, you know, her personal, uh, her life, et cetera. I don't, you know, share details of our marriage, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one of the first posts on Facebook was just something along the lines of, hey, I used to have a drinking problem. Now I'm working on getting better. And it was just mm-hmm. such a resounding sort of, you know, ovation from people that I knew uh, in terms of, you know, on the back end, I started getting little private messages saying, listen, I, I've been there. I know your story. Uh, if you need help, I'm here for you. Um, and, you know, at the same time, there was, as it's, as it's moved forward and the Instagram got bigger, it's been, it's been, you know, hundreds of messages a week from people um, looking for help. And obviously, mm. you know, the, the, the biggest thing you can do to help your own recovery is help people, other people in theirs. So, um, yeah, the reason I started telling the story is because if I didn't, it would have been wasted. Mm, yeah. yeah. I, I think one of the most powerful things that you do, Pete, is that you, the, the before you, you know, going back to appearance, you, you, you transformed physically. And it's so striking. Not everyone does. I mean, I know that, you know, I can go back and look at my, um, you know, photos of myself when I was drinking and, you know, often I was like actively drunk at the time that the photo was taken. And while I may not look that much different to others, you know, I can see the vacant, you know, sort of deadness in my eyes and, you know, that's always like the first thing I think that's, is, that's noticeable, but your before and after photos are, are absolutely striking and not, not even in, not just in reference to like your weight or body size or whatever, but just your, just your, your facial appearance and, um, everything. It's just so powerful. Well, yeah, I, I was in so much physical agony near the end. Um, I had gnawing pains under uh, my ribs, in my kidneys, in my back. Um, 
it it was it was my body was shutting down and mm. i mean i you could definitely see to my face and in a lot of the before pictures there was actually a certain period of time when um i had pink eye in both of my eyes and i had mm. it for a, an entire year because i would never quit drinking long enough for the antibiotics antibiotics to to take their hold mm. so it's just um so yeah, my body was literally ruined. So I, I mean, I, and obviously, I mean, a lot of people do, you know, lose weight just from, you know, when they quit drinking because of all the excess calories and sugar, et cetera. But uh, my body did go through a transformation. Um, uh, I, I think primarily because it was just shocked that, you know, it could move again. I was, right. uh, and, you know, people, people sort of, I guess, comment on, I guess, my energy level, et cetera. And, and the re the reason for that really is because, I mean, when I was, when I was 30, I felt 75 and now that I'm 42, I feel like I'm 17. So, right. um, <laughs> like when I take a flight of stairs, people know it's, it's like, <laughs> here I go, you know, um, it's just, uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the difference is pretty dramatic, but, uh, um, it's good. It's good to show people, you know, that there is that sort of, you know, option and it can happen. That's, uh, yeah. And I'm sure that that it just, yeah, it gives a, I, I can't only imagine that that gives so many people hope mm -hmm. because you, it's sometimes hard. It's not hard. You know, we do it in a myriad of ways to explain how we feel inside and the differences, you know, the transformation yeah. that occurs internally, but, um, you know, Instagram obviously is a, is a visual tool as well. And so just, yeah, your, your photos are just, um, I can, they can make a lot of impact. Oh, thank you. How did you, um, could you share with our listeners, like how that looked, what that looked like for you, Pete, in terms of your transformation or what got you, it was running. Is that right? Um, yeah, it was initially, and I mean, it was initially just moving at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I told a story recently to one of my friends. It was uh, this time of year. I started, I started to dread um, always because it meant it was, um, it was Christmas time around the corner, which meant that I had to go up two flights of stairs, uh, up and down to get my Christmas decorations out of the attic. Mm -hmm. So I used to literally like regret the day in November that, you know, my ex-wife would say, well, it's Christmas decoration day. I would, you know, just cause it was, I, I could barely make it up, uh, like I said, a flight of stairs. Mm -hmm. So um, just moving in general uh, became pretty important. Um, uh, eventually it turned into running and um, I sort of fell off the wagon a bit uh, once the pandemic rolled around and, you know, had to sort of devote all of my mental energy into surviving. But um, <laughs> that was the initial that was the initial thing that sort of got the, the ball rolling. I guess that's the, the one thing that I've really done apart from, you know, do a lot of hiking outdoors and I've done a lot of solo camping trips and that type of thing as well. And that's sort of my happy space and mm -hmm. um, how I treat myself. So um, but yeah, initially it was running. And did you, I know maybe I should have asked this earlier, but did, you went with one-on-one -on -one therapy is what you got yes. through your company. Did you ever do any programs or any 12-step or refuge recovery or anything? Um, no, I, ha your I haven't. Um, I, um, I, I guess made one effort at an AA meeting and um, I was pink clouding hardcore at that time. <laughs> so I... I was like bouncing off the walls. So I went into the meet. I left the meeting feeling uh, 
a little bit downtrodden more so than mm-hmm. I did going in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't begrudge the, the organization at all. And, you know, I, that's not to say I won't ever give it another try. Um, but it was just, I, I, I think I chalk it up to the, the pink, the pink cloud because I was just so, so, so excited to be alive. Yeah. And I just felt pretty <clears throat> depressed when I left. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. an on, actually, that's a very honest assessment. And yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that you, yeah, that you were honest about that because it's true. You know, a, a meeting can totally harsh your vibe and it happens (laughs) it happened to me a whole lot and if you're one of those people yeah that don't doesn't like your vibe harsh (laughs) yeah (laughs) well that's it and and it's not like I I mean obviously by route or accidentally I've worked steps and it's not like the literature is fantastic right the, the, there's been so many people in the program that have helped me along the way. There's no doubt about it. It's just my, my initial, my initial sort of experience was not a good one. Right. And, right. But, and uh, and that's the place for people to, you know, that's the place for yeah. alcoholics to come and, and, you know, un, unleash their truth of, of what their life is like. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I, I, I relate to that. Well, you're, I, I, you know, I talked so much about your, um, your photography or whatever your before and after photos, but your writing Mm -hmm. on social media is so delightful. Thank you so much. (laughs) There's always an arc. It's like a, there's a formula for sure. There's a complete (laughs) narrative. (laughs) There's often metaphor or something there, but and always humor. Always. You seem seem to think it's always about my penis, but I appreciate that. the it's one, almost never. I, don't, I, I think it's often <laughs> almost never. about your penis, but whatever. Um, now I got to go reread well, every Get book. in line. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I do. I, um, like I said, that, and I think that that sort of took the place of a lot of sort of organized sort of meetings for me, et cetera, organized sort of um, step work is that mm-hmm. I, I just found a community of people that were sort of like-minded and I, I mean one of one of the one of I guess uh, the things I'm most proud of is on Instagram is um, the community in the recovery community is phenomenal as you both know uh, and the reason I sort of gravitate towards the Instagram is I, I don't get the negative feedback that I get on Facebook you know I've it's just it's a lot more supportive etc and and there's like a few different camps on Instagram so people that have these recovery accounts they can um you know, be very, very uplifting to the point where it's, I think, detrimental because if people aren't experiencing that um, element of, you know, uh, uplifting feeling when they're, when they're in recovery, it's discouraging. So yeah. the, yeah. the one, the one thing that I've tried to do is sort of, um, I guess, dot some humor into the writing. Um, but I talk about really dark shit because it's dark. It sucks. It's really hard. Drinking is awesome. Like there's a reason that people drink and <laughs> it, it takes away all the pain. Like, of course, it's the easy thing to do, right? Yeah. And and sometimes it smacks you in the face. Like, I mean, it's just like, wow, today would be the day if I were to drink, this is it. I mean, you know, obviously we have the tools um, to, to move past those moments, but um, I think it can be very discouraging when it's just, you know, the, the, the mountain watermark with the, you know, inspiring quote all the time, because it's not inspiring some days it's, it's, it's hard. And, and there's, and there's many additives, uh, that life can throw at you that make recovery difficult. 
And um, like, obviously, you know, I, I spoke recently where I actually brought it up earlier, uh, Sandra, you know, I, I had a breakup recently and uh, you know, that hurts. I, I mean, I, I cared for uh, the young lady. We were, you know, very good friends, et cetera. And um, things in life happen that are shitty and it's not all, it's not all sunshine and daisies, as I say. Uh, so the one thing I'm most proud of, I guess, with the Instagram account uh, is the fact that there's, you know, honesty smattered with some humor. But uh, at the end of the day, there's a lesson, uh, basically, uh, that we can carry forward. And every time we have to deal with that stuff. Well, being so open, yeah, on social media, I mean, it is, it was super helpful to me in the beginning. Um, I saw Laura McCowan and Holly Whitaker do it and um, had befriended them when I was a couple months into sobriety. So it was around the time that you got sober. I got sober in February of 2015. Awesome. And um, I, Laura was a couple of months sober when we became kind of Instagram friends. But watching those two ladies kind of navigate it out loud yeah. and gave permission in a way, I feel, for others to do that. And um, yeah, there's I, I was drawn to that. And then I was drawn to just, I realized truth tellers, right? So when I went to my first AA meeting, I was seven months sober, terrified, you know, but I, once I heard people telling the truth, I was like, I've never heard people talk about this kind of stuff. Like mm -hmm. so honestly, or what I felt was so honestly. So I was uh, immediately, because I like the human condition, human condition stories, right? I want to hear the, the triumph of the human spirit stories. So I was like, I'm going back to that meeting tomorrow. <laughs> I had my notebook mm -hmm. and I was like listening cool. for little words of wisdom and some hope. And, um, some days it didn't get it. And I felt like it had to be really dark in the beginning. Um, yeah. and, um, I realized over time and the more sobriety I had under my belt, that it's a pretty freaking badass thing to be sober. And I do not need to be ashamed of it, but Absolutely. that takes time, but that takes mm -hmm. time. So people are following you, Pete. And, um, and you do find love through the internet. Is that fair to say? You, you can absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm assuming you're referring to, uh, uh, the young lady I was referring to there mm -hmm. earlier. Um, yeah, she, um, she had created an anonymous Instagram account uh, several years ago, uh, and uh, she was documenting her uh, relationship with uh, her husband at the time, who was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And um, her writing, I just found, it struck me right in the face. Uh, one evening, I read her one post and uh, just messaged her immediately and just said, listen, I, I'm here if you need me, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I understand... Uh, I understand his side of things. If you need to understand his side of things, maybe I can help you with that. Mm. And um, we yeah, spoke who, about who better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Than someone that, that has a drinking problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, oddly enough, uh, we struck up a friendship over that and um, she got divorced and uh, we uh, decided that we were going to take a shot at dating, which was, uh, which was wonderful. I, I'm not going to lie. We had a great time together and uh the the certain circumstances by which uh, we can't see each other at the moment um obviously because of the border being closed etc um sort of uh you know made us come to the conclusion that we were probably best to go our separate ways which hurts but mm -hmm. um at the end of the day obviously it was um it was uh i think you know i'm 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 older than her and it's you know i don't want her waiting around you know for me etc and uh, she was very concerned about, you know, in the event that the borders are closed, that she would be stuck here at some point. And, mm. and uh, so, you know, it's one of those, it is what it is situation situations. And, uh, you know, I think we've both moved forward with uh, some grace. So, yeah. Mm. 
Well, I loved following along what little that I knew I would get from your post, but just kind of a beautiful, um, yeah, like you said, it started as a friendship For and, certain. and then seeing you guys dating and being together and then how eloquently and graceful you guys parted ways and did that too. Thank you. Um, it was that. really beautiful to kind of witness. And I know social media gets such a bad rap sometimes. And I just think about all of the beautiful relationships and connections that mm-hmm. I've formed in my life. And I'm really grateful for it. And it was really nice that you guys let us into that. Yeah, well, and then that's in, 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 you know, obviously it was a difficult moment in my life where it comes to my social media presence. It was like, well, I can't start lying now. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. Very if, off you know, brand, Pete, if you did. <laughs> you, you, you know, well, that's it. I've, I've, I've often quipped, you know, people ask me, why do you stay sober? And it's like, well, I don't want to fuck up my Instagram. Right. <laughs> <laughs> let my people down. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's accountability, right? It's yeah, accountability. Sure. When I work with mm-hmm. clients, I was just saying for me, numbers, I'm a numbers person. And for me to look at my app and know that I'm 2100 days sober means that I'm probably not going to drink today because I don't want to set that back to zero. Amen. Um, and I don't want to call Sandra and say, hey, I I drank, so I can't do the podcast anymore. You know what I mean? No. Like I like yeah. being accountable. And that kind of weird thing through social media that you're accountable to people. It's not, it's not that I'm living my life for those people, but it's like, yeah, you're going to show up. It helps keep me on the um, tethered. It helps keep me on the straight and narrow. And I'm just the type of person that this Virgo needs that just, she just, <laughs> no, I'm with you. Mm. Oh, go ahead. Sandra. Well, I was just going to say, and then your style, I think, um, because of your storytelling and because of how transparent you've been to Pete, people, I, I would think just trust you too. So, you know, God forbid that you ever did drink again, or, you know, I think, um, because you've you've been so um, authentic and vulnerable, I think that you've you've established that that people can trust you. For sure, for sure. I, I mean, at the same time, it's it's sort of I, I, recently, obviously, Dak Shepard uh, uh, came, you know, sort of the came out to you know indicate that he had you know relapsed. Um, and uh, it was it sort of struck me the wrong way. And I mean, I I don't know if I'm you know incorrect for saying this, but I mean, as you say that, I, I have the luxury to have a support network that is widespread. So I mean, I I, I would never compromise, you know, my, my recovery by drinking. But at the same time, you know, knowing that I have that um, network, um, I'm so very fortunate. So. Um, it's, it's hard. It's, I don't know. It's, it's hard to like, well, like I said, when Doc Shepard sort of, you know, came out to, to, to indicate that he had started drinking, it was just like, well, yeah, I, I'm glad he did. And honesty is very important, but you know, with all the resources he has and all the money and um, opportunities uh, to bounce back, it's just, it, I just think about everyone that doesn't have that ability, right. Doesn't sure. have that support network, doesn't mm-hmm. have a meeting to go to, doesn't have anybody in their social circle that understands what it feels like has nobody, you know, and it's just, it's, it's so disheartening. If that's, that's all. I, I think I'm just, I'm just very for, fortunate to have the community that I have. Yeah, I guess that's all I'm saying. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I feel that too. Our, our Facebook group that, you know, that we had to ask you to leave um those ladies in there we have almost 900 women and it's very um That's awesome it's a, it's inc- it's such an honor me and sandra every week we've been talking about this like we're just so grateful um 
and how they show up and how they support one another. Um, because Sandra and I can't be in there all the time doing it. And they have these ladies just step up with such wisdom. Everybody recovers in their own way and however they're doing it. And, and they're so positive and um, solution-based. Don't see yes. any drama in our Facebook group, which is such a beautiful gift. Um, well, that's why I love it yeah. so much. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm with you, Pete, you know, I don't take that for granted either. Um, yeah. I'm not over here in my cult of personality or anything. I don't, you know, I, I don't identify as some kind of influencer or whatever. That's right. not, that's not what motivates me. No, but it's just being one of every, we're just one of every, of our group. And it's yeah. so cool that, that it's all, everybody owns it in that, in that page. That's not Sandra, Sandra and Tammy's page. That's everybody's page, um, which is, which is, which helps me stay sober. Right. And yeah. That's well, it, selfish me. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. You'll know for sure. Right. Me too. In a broader <laughs> spectrum though. Like, I mean, you both have been sort of instrumental in my recovery as well. I mean, it's, it's just, there's, there's this sort of, I guess, group of, you know, maybe a hundred and 200 people that just continually show up in my feed and, and always have something of importance to say. So, um, you know, you say that you're not influenced, but you, you influencers, you, but you both, you both certainly are. So I, I appreciate you both. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Yes. It's just cause I laugh at your penis jokes. right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't thanks laugh. For adding, thanks for adding jokes there. I just thought you were going to stop at penis. So <laughs> I must find this post. Well, so yes, intrigued. me too. I think I need to find this post. Too. Yeah, you're gonna have to uh, reread that repost. <laughs> so, Pete, so you are a fabulous writer. So, what what are you doing right now? It looks like you um, are on the path of writing a book. I am writing a book. Yeah. So, what? Um, How come I, didn't, I missed that one? Oh, I've got to I've got to publish it and everything still, obviously. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's in a notebook. No, I um. No, I've been working, uh, I guess, tirelessly, um, actually making sort of the pandemic as a, uh, I guess, a, a good opportune time to sort of dedicate, uh, dedicate allotted time to writing the book. Obviously, in the past, you know, I tried to uh, write when, you know, time was available, but now I'm actually putting putting time aside for that because it's something that I want to people people. Uh, over the years have said that they would love to see a book from me. Obviously, there's something burning inside of me that I need to tell. So mm -hmm. um, it's it's time. So I've been doing that. That's that's basically, I guess, the project I've been working on. Um, the uh, we did have a I did have a podcast running there for a bit uh, called uh, There's a Bright Side, mm -hmm. and um, that was with Stephanie. Uh, and uh, because you know we're no longer seeing each other, it makes it more difficult. You know, even though we are trying to maintain a friendship, it's just uh, it's fresh. So mm -hmm. um, I'd like to get that up and running again at some point. Um, but yeah, so I guess I guess the main project at the moment is the book. Oh, that thrills me to no end. You're a, oh, a fantastic writer. Well, thank you so much. Okay. So I have questions. Um, yeah, fire away. Process. I love hearing um, when we have people on the podcast, like their process for writing. Uh, Cause I know every writer thinks, um, well, I don't know that every writer, but I've been to writing retreats and things and talk about how every, you sit in the chair, you get your butt in the chair, right? And then you have this blank screen or a blank notebook or however that you're writing. And then you like want to pay your bills or then you want to like go do something else. And it's hard to sit down and write. What is your process for writing? Um, recently, the process has been um, actually it'll come we'll come to that in my toolbox as well. Uh, but oh. recently, the uh, recently, I guess the process has been actually, like I said, defining set aside time to do it, mm -hmm. uh, focusing my energy on it. 
Um, my Instagram formula for writing has been um, generally, uh, especially I guess the onset of my recovery, um, the world around me was so entirely vivid that I would take a photo of something and it would inspire a story. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've I've gone through sorry I guess my archive of photos and um, and uh, you know these will they'll spark memories and when the memories come I'll start writing the memories mm-hmm. and um, generally the memories are you know of something to do with uh, you know my recovery path etc my life. Um, uh, digging deep into my childhood, try to understand where this came from. Um, because it did, you know, like I said, it's a, it's a family disease and, uh, it runs in my family. So, um, I guess it's, it's, it's just archive looking, looking at the archives and, mm-hmm. and stories just crop up from that and, um, reliving, I guess, instrumental moments of my life, um, reliving them from the slant of how it contributed to my, uh, addiction or my alcoholism. And, um, you know, and what I've learned from it, that type of thing. But uh, the process at this moment in time is actually just a rigidity to schedule. But uh, and when is that? Is that like morning, afternoon? Um, I it's 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 actually all over the place because um, I um, my day job is I'm a retail manager for an office supply store, so um, my scheduling is all over the place. So um, when I've got my schedule a month in advance, that's when I pencil everything in, and it's mm-hmm. usually two times a week that I'm making a commitment to uh, blocking at least an hour. Mm, You're making a date with yourself. That's awesome. Yes, it is. And do you, do you plan to shop it or are you going to self-publish or have you gotten there yet? I'm not sure. I I think it's probably going to come down to, and I mean, this is one, one, an example of where we have that sort of uh, being who we are in, in this community. We've got the resources, uh, you know, Laura's, you know, offered, you know, assistance at times, you know, et cetera. So um, I think I'll probably have some people read it first and then mm-hmm. I guess gets, get, get some feedback as to what, you know, they think the best sort of audience uh, would be. I'm, like I said, I'm fortunate enough to have a, uh, a fairly, I, I'm, you know, not huge following on Instagram, but uh, enough that, you know, there's an audience there, you know, that I've put enough sort of interest in, in a book that, you know, it might be something worth self-publishing if I can't, you know, sell it, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. You have tons of people that I think would love to read your book and people that don't know you yet that would love to read your book. And that's the wonderful thing about the, especially the Instagram sober community is how supportive everyone is for, you know, and how big of cheerleaders people are for each other. So. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's funny you say that because there's always this part of me that's, you know, feels bad for people that haven't had to endure it. Like haven't had to, you know, it's just, it, it, it is, it is so amazing to feel what it's like to stand up after you've fallen down Mm. and and to to have a community of people that understand that that power or that you know the pride in feeling that it's it's I don't know it's the most incredible thing in the world to experience so to have a group of people around you that feel that way is is just it's it's a blessing so yeah knowing that someone shares my common problem makes me feel just like there's this it's, it's like we can jump in just like we did today right? We just jump into conversation because we already know a bunch of stuff about each other without having ever talked before. We share a common problem. And Mm -hmm. I love that about, um, I love that about my 12 step community. Um, I love that about anybody I go meet for a coffee date that I've never met before, you know, pre pandemic, I would, 
you know, meet strangers in the city for coffee. There's just because they were part of the home secret Facebook group that we were mm-hmm. part of, you know, or Sandra and I did a meetup in Austin. We did a meetup in Portland with our listeners and, you know, we know them from online, but then you get to meet them in person and then you just jump right into the real talk. It's, it's like this great, uh, you know, like I said, we need to practice our small talk, but with our people, not so much. Like you can just jump in. How are you? Right. That's- yeah. Well, and I, I aggressively pursue people in real life <laughs> to the point that makes them very uncomfortable. But um, <laughs> so uh-huh. I was really glad that you and your and your friend were welcoming to me when I sat next to you at Laura's. Well, yeah, I did. Reading I, I- because I am, I can get a little aggressive. <laughs> No, I don't even think like we knew who we were sitting next to each other until I looked down and saw your shoes and you saw my shoes. I'm like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> you were wearing very floral, like bright oh, the boots. pink. And, oh. My boots, yeah. Yeah, yeah those are winners for sure. <laughs> I was wearing my orange chucks and I have a picture yep. of our shoes together. Not our faces together, but our shoes. So, <laughs> Okay, what is the symbolism of the orange chucks, Pete? You have to tell me. Um, Orange in general became... I don't know. Like I said, when I was pink clouding, I guess it was orange clouding, but um, (laughs) everywhere I looked in my life, I just kept noticing orange. Mm -hmm. So it became such, I I became symbolic, I guess, of this newfound energy. And Mm. um, I had a friend who was a yogi and she said it had something to do with like chakras in my groin or something. So I was like, yeah, I guess orange it is then. So generally when orange is a part of the picture in my life, it means that there's something significant happening. Mm. And when I, when I'm seeing something orange, I'll make something significant happen. So Mm. um, either striking up a conversation with somebody or um, doing, you know, just a random act of kindness, that type of thing. Orange signifies that something needs to move in my life. Mm, So So it's like a touchstone almost. Exactly. So when Mm -hmm. I've got my orange chucks on, they're like my superhero gear. And, yeah, shit, uh, shit's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love one of the, one of my favorite things about being sober is finding little um, clues, synchronicities. Um, yes. Things that um, are al- almost mysterious, but they connect mm-hmm. And it's my favorite, it feels like magic. It's my favorite part of being sober. Absolutely. I think it's very, um, very easy to lose that. And I, 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 the remaining focused on the small nuances, the beauty in everyday life, I think has just been one thing that has sort of propelled me to keep moving. It, It disappears. It does disappear. And, you know, like I said, I went camping last week and it's been a long time since I've sort of felt that magic in my life. And, um, it was, you know, I, I cried the whole four days I was out there just cause mm. it, was, it was fall and the autumn leaves were just the way they smelled were so crisp and sweet. And it was just, I was swept back to that, you know, for era of first getting sober and realizing that, holy shit, I'm alive. Mm. And, uh, and it's, I think it's so important to, to, you know, make every best effort to hold on to that for as long as you possibly can, because life can be pretty mundane, mm-hmm. um, if you don't. There's, um, there was, so we're recording this. I'm going to just tell this short little story. We're recording this on 11, 11. So my thing, Pete is 22. My best friend died on two 22, um, 2017. She was in room 22 on the second floor. Oh. 
um, of the hospital. And so all of the, that, those numbers are kind of powerful for me. And I was listening to a book because I talked to my sponsee about it. And she said, there's this book called Signs, um, at the Secret Language of the Universe. So I started listening to it and it talked a lot about what Sandra just used the word synchronicities. And I was heightened to everything at that point because I was paying attention. Now I have a little bit of OCD with numbers and adding things up and they always equal 22 somehow for me, whatever I look at something, mm -hmm. I can make it, I can make it so. Um, and so I was going to a meeting and I, I sit in there and someone said that they were 22 days sober. You know, they announced themselves at the beginning of the meeting. And then the daily reading was from page 22 of the big book. Wow. And then something else had happened that I can't recall right this second, but like three things that had happened. And I was like, okay, that's really, that's interesting. So after the meeting, I was a little teary. I, I'm kind of a crier, Pete. And so I was a little oh, teary. Oh, me too, teary. sister. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> after the shares, I went up to this, my friend, and um, this was last year at this time uh, in November. And I said, I said, and he says, why are you crying? And I said, I'm just, there's so many little things that were happening in the meeting today. And so I tell him. And then he looks at me and he goes, do you know when my birthday is? And I said, I think I do. He's like, it's February 22nd. Wow. And I just started sobbing. And I was like, and this is a person who became a really good friend to me as I was going through a hard time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is just the universe again, right? But I'm yeah. awake to these things now. And, and I actually had to stop listening to that book for a while because so many synchronicities were happening. It was blowing me away. Mm -hmm. It's like when you're tuned in, right? When you're wearing that orange, I'm looking out. I just bought an orange canoe, Pete. I'm gonna have to send you a picture of. I drove Ab the other day. Wonderful, <laughs> love it. But it's like when you're tuned in, um, you can see all of these things that I could not see when I was drinking. Mm -hmm. The world was so dull to me. I was not a. I know. I know that term woke, but I am awake now. Right. Like, I was dulled to the world. Totally. I think. You know, I was, I would think that like, if those things have always been happening, I was dulled to it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, my mindset has shifted in terms of what is like, what is necessary in my life as well. Like, I mean, there's, apart from drinking, I mean, I was focused on five, the five bedroom house and the swimming pool in the back. And, mm -hmm. you know, just all of these things cloud your life. And then to add drinking on top, no, no, no wonder you don't see anything. And I mean, no wonder, you know, we, we come out of it just feeling so alive and, you know, because we've been the walking dead for years and years, but. Absolutely. Right. right. Yeah. And that's why part, sharing your story, sharing our stories, being in this kind of community that shares stories, honestly, that's what I'm drawn to now. I just want to follow people who tell the truth. I want to hear people who have a, um, a different experience in mine or found their way out a different way. Um, because it's all, we're all the same, you know, that's that beautiful mm -hmm. thread that kind of can go through us all and be and we're also different too. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for it. I'm totally here for it. Cool. Oh, Pete, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yes. Thank you, Pete. I'm so oh, glad that we finally got this figured out. <laughs> well, no, it's an honor being it's here. Divine. I really, yeah, it's really is divine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Orange everywhere. Orange everywhere. <laughs> canoe is just staring at yeah. me this whole time, right in front of my window, um, and it's an eleven eleven day. It's all love right here. <laughs> my, okay. Well, I have to say really quickly that my yeah. 
my um, microphone is currently propped up by an orange book. So there oh, we go. fantastic, Ooh. wonderful. Oh, and my, my oh wait, my, but my don't you guys start crying because I don't know what to do with tears. <laughs> but so please well, you're gonna don't. you're gonna cry from laughter when I tell you what what book mine my my microphone on the is on the book Moby Dick. In oh, there you go. <laughs> So See? we just brought it full circle. Did we not? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Pete, you're putting up with us today. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. The He's title like... of the podcast is going to be Pete's Peter. <laughs> Perfect. My word. Wow, we, we nailed this one. I can't wait for the yeah. image. I cannot wait for the image. <laughs> I'm sure I've got some on my phone. I was in a long distance relationship. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well. <laughs> well, yeah. I wait, it's the end of the interview. I have to, I want to I have more questions then. Um, <laughs> but we should have talked about online yeah. dating. Okay, Pete, we might have you back. Absolutely. I'd be happy to, for sure. Oh, uh, well, this is the part of the show where we're winding it down. And um, to be unruffled is to be calm and not agitated. Um, very different than when we were drinking, although not all the time. Um, but what are some tools that you have in your unruffled toolbox that you can share with our listeners? Well, I did make a note of a few here. And um, at the risk of sounding like uh, somebody from 2003, I, the first thing on my list, <laughs> first thing on my list is uh, the cloud. Um, I think if you're not using the cloud. Uh, for either you know your calendars or your note-taking mm. essentials, then you're missing out. This is one uh, one thing that's been so important to me once I you know got sober was I guess the rigidity of my lifestyle. It you know stems back to that whole making your bed thing in the morning and it mm -hmm. being the first and last thing that you do for yourself. Um, organization has become that for me. So uh, I use Google Notes and Google Calendar. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I pencil in all of my uh, my note taking. I do the bulk of my writing actually in Google Notes. That way it's it's centralized Ooh. and it's available wherever I am. So if you know the mood strikes me and I don't have an electronic device nearby me, I can find one and make it happen. That's and brilliant. That is a so, good tool. Yeah. Yeah, huge. So I think uh, that's that's my first tool there. Great. And um, my second, my second one is um, Audible. Um, I do drive a lot for work, and um, Audible has been a great way to, uh, I guess, listen to a lot of personal development books, and uh, and also a lot of books that I normally would have invested in. Um, you know, if I had to, you know, get into the car and go to the store and buy it, um, they have a lot of those sort of one day deal type things where I've purchased a lot of those and um, re read a lot. A lot of great books as a result so what's your latest um, favorite just i put you on the spot here but uh what is the most recent one that i read i think it was uh uh i think the most recent one that i did was uh, sarah hapala's blackout Ooh. which i ended up buying which i ended up buying the book because mm. there was just so many key sentences that i wanted to highlight yes um but uh i think that was the most recent one that i did mm, good one. um yeah great I'm, book i'm listening and, to rob bell's new book oh nice yeah, on Audible as well. Do you find the end of buying the books? Um, I would buy his, yes. Yeah, um, I find some, some of them I would not like. I listened to that science, the secret language of the universe. I don't think I would buy that, but I would listen to it again. Mm -hmm. Um, and the author read it, so it depends who's reading it too, right? And Rob Bell is just like, I love listening to him because his he's just laughing at his own stuff all the time yeah. and kind of the inflections. Um, but yeah, I do I do buy a few of them, yes. Yeah, I find that uh, I like to have the tactile one after the fact. Mm -hmm. But um, and uh, number three, uh, speaking of literature, is uh, the Little Brown Compact Handbook, um, and this is uh, 
This is a book that is available uh, usually in expository writing classes. Um, it's like an how to uh, write for grammar wise, um, yeah. how to use a comma, etc. And it's called the Little Brown Compact Handbook. And I had it in my first year of university and uh, I've used it throughout just, uh, oh, you know, helps, it. helps you with little, you know, little tidbits in terms of grammar, but that's so it. Is it like um, Elements of Style? Wait, was that? Yeah. By Shrunk and White? Yeah. Is it, is it? It, it might be. It might be. This is, I know this is, might be the Canadian, Canadian slanted oh, okay. version of that, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been useful for my entire life in every sort of endeavor that I've ever, you know, gone in any sort of path of work, et cetera. So I love that. I've never you've yeah. turned me on to lots of new things today. I will send you a link for that one for sure. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to try out the notes. I just started using Google calendar, Pete, about six months ago and it's changed. Oh, my life. it will. My life. And I resisted it for so long. I'm a paper analog girl too. So I have a calendar on my desk. So I keep two, um, for the week, I'll, I'd like to have, you know, not have to open my computer for my calendar. Um, but, but it's so great with all those zoom calls now to have all the links to everything you're doing zoom already in your calendar. I don't know. It's just been a, a recurring meetings, like our unruffled meeting. We have one for women on Sundays, we have a zoom call and it's been great. It's been great to kind of organize myself in a way that I resisted for years. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's a, it's a whole new world. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'll give the notes a try. Thank you. Cool. Oh, Pete, thank you so much for all of your time and for um, being our friend. Uh, it's my it's my pleasure. Thank you so much, uh, both of you, for all of the support over the years. And I, you know, I really appreciate you having me on and get, you know, get to tell a bit about, bit, bit about myself. So I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. thanks, Pete. And I hope that when we can all travel again, I hope you come back to Austin someday. I loved Austin. Yeah, it was a great town. I would definitely come back for sure. Oh, good. I've been searching for real estate there, Sandra. I was on. Oh, okay. I was online yesterday looking for places near you. So okay, cool. What I do during the pandemic is look for real estate. <laughs> Where can my future be? We'll see. <laughs> Although Canada looks real good after this. Right. Election. Yeah. <laughs> Although they don't want us. Nobody wants us no. right now. <laughs> Nobody likes us. <laughs> right. Loving you with a disc. With Thank you. Likewise. Thank you very much. <laughs> Bye, Pete. Bye. Bye-bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.